welcome to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast, where building a thriving real estate investing business has less to do with subway tile and shiplap and everything to do with whether you've laid a solid foundation to support the life of your dreams. I'm your real estate lawyer turned legal educator host, Bonnie Galam. In my years building a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio, the most important lesson I've learned is that being a successful real estate investor isn't about secret strategies or ninja tactics. It's about doing the basic stuff right and staying laser focused. If you're an ambitious real estate investor or one in the making who's looking to build a real estate portfolio that's secure, streamlined, and creates a life you love, you're in the right place. Each week here on the show, you'll get clear, actionable, step-by-step strategies to help you build your real estate business and some tough love along the way to make sure you're not building a house of cards. Let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to this week's bonus episode of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Bonnie Gallum, and if you tuned into this week's earlier episode on long, long distance investing, where I had Sarah Weaver on as a guest, I had dropped the surprise news that I am, well, at this point, almost under contract on a new office space. And I talked to you guys on Instagram. If you're not following me there, check it out. Bonnie Gallum, ESQ for Esquire on Instagram. And when I asked you guys earlier this week, if you guys would be interested in hearing more of a long-firm version of the behind the scenes of this transaction beyond just what I normally share in stories, the answer was overwhelmingly yes. So here we are. I'm going to be covering this transaction, the behind the scenes, really pulling the curtain back on this transaction, but also what I do as a real estate attorney on one of my own deals. The good thing is that I don't have attorney-client privilege with myself, um, and so I'm not going to share anything uh, that is overwhelmingly personal, but it'll give you a real clear picture of what this transaction is like, going to give you some real numbers, and we will go from there. So where do we stand right now? So I saw the property a week ago today, actually, for the first time, and we started looking for properties because although I actually own my current office building, I have two tenants in there. And one of the tenants, I'm located just outside of Philadelphia, is actually downsizing their Philadelphia office and wants to bring them here to the Burbs. Um, There's a concern with their staff that's you know not unjustified that going into you know these massive high rises where tens of thousands of people work every day just doesn't feel safe in light of the pandemic but they do want to get their team fully up to speed and so our office space that i'm currently occupying would be a great fit and since they're great tenants i'm willing to move and i you know internally with my husband we said you know we will be okay moving if we can find a place that would be less than the rent that their expansion would be paying us. And so we're trying to continue this office hack that we've we've done. And so we found this place last Friday. It's listed at 119. And when we were talking with the realtor, we found out that they had previously declined an offer for 95000 It's a little bit tricky to find comps in the commercial real estate space without being a commercial real estate broker. We have access to their equivalent to like MLS systems. Uh, things like LoopNet don't show closed transactions. It only shows what's active. And right now where, you know, it's this crazy seller's market, it's kind of hard to tell what exactly is a true comp. And so we had eventually found a similar model in a different office uh, park sold for about 129. And but it looked a little bit more updated than this one. This one's not in bad shape, but it looks a bit like 1980 on the inside. There's like purple carpet. There's wood paneling. There's all sorts of 
uh, filing cabinets and things mounted to the walls. And I operate a paperless law firm because it's the 21st century. And I use my laptop to do work, whether I'm in the office or in another country or whatever. And so the, the place needs work. It It is old fashioned, old school, and that's not my style. And so we know that we're gonna have to put a little bit of money in for the rehab once we get it. And so we had, we never want to bid against ourselves. And so we knew that they weren't going to take 95. We figured if it's a six figure number, we'll at least get a counter out of them. And so we offered 105 to see where that would bring us. And they countered us at 117. Now remember the initial offer was, the initial listing price was 119. And so they, they really didn't budge much. And so we knew that they weren't going to really budge much. And more importantly is we knew that, you know, amortized over a 20, 25 year term, the difference between 105 and where we ended up was not going to be that much in terms of a monthly payment. And we didn't want to lose the deal over, you know, 20, 30 bucks a month. And so we then countered their 117 with 115 and we got an agreement on that. It is a cash purchase and it'll move really quick once we finally get it under contract. So we got a signed LOI uh, last Friday. I mean, that was, was it last Friday? I guess it was Monday we got a signed fully co- full copy of the LOI. There was a little bit of back and forth over the weekend. And by Monday, it got sent to their attorney to draft the contract. I ended up getting that contract late Monday afternoon, and I got a response back to them on my behalf uh, Tuesday morning. And then it was kind of crickets. I don't like to, you know, pressure attorneys. It's, we're all busy right now, but yesterday evening when it was basically three full business days at that point without a response, I just emailed to check in and was like, Hey, you know, how's it going? Just wanted to follow up on our comments. If there was any questions, let us know. And we got a response back from the attorney and now I wish I would have said something sooner, but he's like, oh shoot, it got lost in my inbox and I'll get it over. I took a look at the comments, don't see any issues. We'll follow back up with you in the morning. And so that's today, it's Friday morning now. Um, And hopefully we can get under contract today. And so when I got his contract, it was pretty basic, but it covered, you know, a lot of the terms. It's It's a condo suite. And so there's, you know, not a habitability issue with this. It's just outdated. And since the exterior is managed by a condo association, a lot of the upkeep, I don't really have to worry about in terms of the structure, the roof. Um, But I only have in my possession right now, the preliminary condo docs, which are the basically the bylaws. That's what the agent gave to us from the beginning. And that gave us a general understanding of the fees and what the ownership interest would be in the condo association. But when I'm doing my due diligence on a condo purchase, whether it's for an office purchase for a client or any other commercial space, sometimes there's industrial condos as well, or if it's a residential condo, my due diligence looks very similar in that I want to see probably most important to me is the budget. I want to see that this condo has reserves, that their other members of the condo association are paying up, that there's not a large amount of delinquency and that they'll stop being foreclosures on other condo members, and that they don't seem lopsided in where their expenses are because the budget will look like a budget. It's not just a, you know, an end of the year balance sheet of this is what our expenses were and this is 
where our revenue was. It really breaks it down into what's the property management cost? What's the landscaping cost? Where have we done, you know, CapEx recently? And so through that, I can get an understanding of the health of the condo association, because when you're buying a condo, you're not just buying your one little unit, you're buying an interest in that condo association, which is essentially like a business. And you want to make sure that that business is healthy. Another thing that I always ask for is copies of their most recent minutes and resolutions from the last year. You don't want to get surprised after closing that there was some resolution to do, you know, a total roof repair or they're going to do all the siding and there's going to be some sort of capital call among the members where everyone's got a pony up 5, 10, 15, 20, 30,000 dollars. I mean, it really can run the gamut. I mean, in some higher end condos, I, I had represented a co- client in a, an expensive affluent beach town here in New Jersey who was selling their multi-million dollar condo in this building full of multi-million dollar condos. And they decided to redo the pool deck, which was going to be a multi-million dollar expense, but they were selling this property. And so it was about a $45,000 capital call on all of the members that because the buyers asked for this information, we were able to kind of negotiate what would be an equitable amount for the seller to pay prior to closing and what would be appropriate for the buyer to pay since they will be the one that actually enjoys this benefit. And so the budget, the bylaws, history of meeting minutes and resolutions. And now a question that often comes up when you're doing due diligence on a condo is what if they don't have these things? Sometimes when you're dealing with really small condos, something like a duplex that was condoed out or even smaller office suites where maybe it's you know only four or five people they've all been there for 30 years and now the first guy's selling and they've just never had a meeting anytime there's been an issue everyone just you know talks about it and they come up with a budget and they pay for it but that makes it really tricky for buyers to be able to truly do their due diligence and i guess i'm somewhat lucky in the sense that this condo association that i'm purchasing in while it's not the biggest it maybe has maybe like 20 individual suites or so. There is two other real estate attorneys or attorneys who have real estate as part of their practice, I should say, who are a part of it and have been running this condo association. So the the docs are up to date, at least the bylaws that we received. And since we don't have those other docs yet, they're just, they're forthcoming, what I've been told, um, is that it now has to be a contingency. If I wanted to sign this contract today, what I would do is add additional language where I would have five days from the receipt of the condo package to give it thumbs up or thumbs down, whether they give it to me tomorrow or they give it to me before closing. And this, in theory, could hold up closing depending on how long it takes them to actually turn the documents over. I had proposed, hey, just give it to me now. Let me review it. That way we don't even have to make it a contingency. And if it's no good now, since you know I'm a real estate attorney, I know how to review this stuff. Just give me an hour or so to look through it. We don't have to you know go through all the inspections and all of that type of stuff bef- after you know the condo docs uh, or before the condo docs are given to us if, if, if it's just not going to work out in the first place. And so that's where things stand now. I'm, I don't think we're going to be conducting a um, an inspection on the property and if my friend Justin Eaton of DwellSafe is listening to this, he will probably give me uh, a look of shame. But 
The place is pretty small. We're handy. Like we said, it's not a habitability. There's a tiny kitchen that has like a, a mini fridge and a sink in it and a half bath. There's five offices in it. And we know how to switch out an outlet if there was a GFCI issue. We know how to. We plan on changing the floors out, giving it a fresh coat of paint that's like not 1980s, uh, like peach. Um, and it'll... it. And since the, the roof, the major structures are governed by the, um, the condo association, the risk in us not doing that is pretty low. We just want to close on this pretty quickly. And so the, the contract right now contemplates about a 20-day close, 15 days for due diligence, and then closing within five days of that due diligence period. And so as soon as we get this under contract, I'll be sending it to my title company for them to do that uh, back work because title insurance is definitely not something to skimp on even though sometimes when you get it at the right price the the home inspection is and so um and since this is not something where we have to get a an environmental done even though it's a commercial property we're, we're able to kind of flex that and so hopefully next week i will be updating you on the final version of the contract where we stand uh, we will be bringing an HVAC professional in because that is the one big uh, structure, appliance, what do you want to call it, system that that is our responsibility and not the condos associ- condo associations. Um, and so we will be getting that piece inspected just to kind of get a sense of the age, if there's any you know tune-up that we'll need from the get-go. But... That'll be really it. If you follow me on Instagram, I'll probably be doing a video walkthrough of the space, giving an update on what sort of cosmetic updates we'll be doing. I have dreams of, you know, getting, you know, custom painted kitchen in there because it's like two cabinets. We'll just get something, you know, raw from Home Depot or something and paint it a fun color because if you've ever been to my office here, which I know I have quite a few listeners in the South Jersey area, Philadelphia area who have been to my office before. It's it's not a typical office space. Uh, my current office building that we own was actually previously a uh, funeral parlor. It's a huge uh, mansion, basically. It was built in the 1800s, and it was originally a residence, and then got subsequently changed into a funeral parlor. And the office where my practice is currently located is was once the morgue which is a bit morbid except for if you were ever in the space it has you know beautiful coffered ceilings and I have a fireplace which no is not like a cremation fireplace it's like an add-on fireplace and you know big French doors tons of windows like it's not what you think of as a morgue which is a little weird when you think about the fact that this once was because I don't know why would someone want to have so many windows into a morgue but I digress and so it's it doesn't feel corporate it doesn't feel you know like a structured scary law firm where you know everything is unapproachable and touchable and so i really want to make sure that this new space because it is in more of a you know traditional office park is still has that same vibe that i'm not i'm not like a regular lawyer i'm a cool lawyer (laughs) if you got that mean girls reference mean girls is one of my all-time favorite movies but i guess that uh shows my age as a millennial business owner and lawyer. And so the pink velvet couch is coming with me. And 
I, you know, I look forward to sprucing this pace up. Like I said, check it out on uh, Instagram. Probably next week I'll be showing the walkthrough. We need to get this dang thing under contract. And then we will finally be able to, you know, begin that due diligence period, reaccess the property and take it from there. So that's where we are right now. Next week on the pod, I will be sharing with you six hidden asset protection risks because I feel like us real estate investors, we're, we're worried about the catastrophic slip and fall. Someone slipping on ice in front of our property or a contractor falling down the stairs, like these huge catastrophic events that are could be devastating, but are far less likely than these six asset protection risks that I'm going to cover next week, which can happen multiple times a year. And yet there's there's no real legal strategy around them. So tune in next week and I look forward to speaking with you then. Bye for now. If you want to continue the conversation, jump on over to the free Good Bones Real Estate Investing Facebook group. That's it for this episode of the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'll see you here next week, same time, same place. Until then, go out and build the real estate empire of your dreams. Thank you for listening to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes. Now this lawyer's got to drop the fine print real quick. This podcast is educational and not intended to be legal tax or investing advice for you. Please speak with a local professional for specific advice unique to you and your situation. That's it for this episode. Bye for now.